No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God raises up prophets Haggai and Zechariah to exhort the Jews to complete the temple. They get back to work, and the opposition starts. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezra chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. Sixteen years earlier, the Jewish captives returned to Jerusalem from Babylon because of a decree from King Cyrus of Persia. They had high hopes and great enthusiasm. They were on the ground floor of rebuilding the great temple to the Lord in Jerusalem. But then opposition hit from their surrounding neighbors. It was so discouraging that they stopped the building project. And so for over 10 years, the temple sat unfinished. Meanwhile, the Jews turned their hearts to their own building projects. They improved their homes while the Lord's house remained in ruins. We continue in Ezra chapter 5. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Iddo, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, rose up and began to build the house of God which is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, helping them. God was not pleased that his house was being neglected. Therefore, he raised up two prophets to call the Jews to complete what they had begun. Now, if you'd like extra credit and deeper understanding of these times, then I would suggest you read the books of Haggai and Zechariah. And you will see how God used these two prophets to get the people back to work. Now, Haggai was no nonsense. He reminds me of a drill sergeant. He had the gift of exhortation. He called the people to action. He appealed to their conscience. The people have been saying, the time is not here to build the Lord's house. Therefore, Haggai said, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bringing little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You see, they said it wasn't the right time to build the Lord's house, but that was just an excuse. Somehow they managed to find the time and resources to improve their own homes God was trying to get their attention by showing them that as long as their priorities were out of whack, that they would never have enough. But if they would put him first, then he would bless them with all that they needed. Zechariah was cut from a different cloth than Haggai. This just shows us that God uses many different people with different temperaments to accomplish his will. If Haggai was like a drill sergeant, 
Then Zechariah was like an artist. Through mystical visions of the present and future, he inspired and encouraged the people to complete the project. He appealed to the people's hearts. The temple had to be built, for one day the Messiah's glory would inhabit it. However, this future blessing was contingent upon their present obedience. One of his most famous sayings is Zechariah 4.6. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. Zechariah encouraged Zerubbabel, the governor, to know that it would be the power of God's Spirit working through them that would complete the temple. Then they would set the final stone with shouting, Grace, grace to it. That is the beautiful thing about doing God's will, God's way, in the power of His Spirit. When all is said and done, you can say grace, grace to it, because you realize that God's work is accomplished, not because of our own efforts and ingenuity, but because of God's grace. We see that Haggai and Zechariah were more than mere talking heads. They were with the people, actually helping them to do the physical work. Under their preaching and example, the people were encouraged and they made swift progress on rebuilding the temple. This stands as a testimony to every generation of what we can accomplish when we do things with one heart according to God's word. At the same time, Tatanai, the governor of the region beyond the river, and Shethar Bosnai and their companions came to them and spoke thus to them, Who has commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? Then accordingly, we told them the names of the men who were constructing this building. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them cease till a report could go to Darius. Tatanai was the Persian-appointed governor east of the Euphrates River. In one sense, we can't fault him for questioning the Jews. I mean, it was his job to look after the king's interests. And when he was informed that the Jews were making swift progress on completing such a significant and well-fortified structure, he wanted to ensure that they were authorized to do so. So he asked the Jews two questions. Who gave you the authority to do this? And what are the names of the men responsible for this? Now, it is interesting that the Jews recognized that God's eye was on them so that they could not be stopped in this building project. Even this potential opposition from the Persian governor could not hinder them because God was with them. 
That is so important for us to realize. We all have such a tendency to get our eyes on the circumstances. When someone comes against us who seems to be important, we become discouraged. But the real question is, is God for us? Is his eye on us? Is he pleased with what we are doing? If so, then we don't need to be afraid. Man's opposition cannot stand against God's will. Then a written answer was returned concerning this matter. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai sent. The governor of the region beyond the river and Shethar Bosnai and his companions, the Persians, who were in the region beyond the river to Darius the king. They sent a letter to him in which was written thus, To Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we went into the province of Judea to the temple of the great God, which is being built with heavy stones and timber is being laid in the walls. And this work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. Then we asked those elders and spoke thus to them, Who commanded you to build this temple and to finish these walls? We also asked them their names to inform you that we might write the names of the men who were chief among them. Tatanai wasted no time in sending off a letter to King Darius, informing him of what was going on. His testimony shows with what diligence the Jews were now working. And thus, they returned to us an answer, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago which a great king of Israel built and completed. But because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and carried the people away to Babylon. Now, the Jews responded wisely. They didn't tell the Persian governor that God raised up two prophets to tell them to get back to work. Tatsunai wouldn't have understood this. This is what Jesus meant when he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Instead, they built an argument that the governor would understand. They told him that they were simply rebuilding a temple for the God of heaven and earth that was originally built by a great king of Israel, King Solomon. But because they disobeyed God, he handed them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon who destroyed their temple. It is interesting that they didn't blame the Babylonians for the temple's destruction, but themselves. God had simply used Nebuchadnezzar to punish them as they deserved. Oh, that we could all recognize that God uses government authority to accomplish his will in our lives and that we would submit to that authority in reverence for God rather than resisting it. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to build this house of God. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple that was in Jerusalem and carried into the temple of Babylon, those King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon and they were given to one named Sheshbazzar, whom he had made governor. And he said to him, take these articles, go carry them to the temple site that is in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt on its former site. Then the same Sheshbazzar 
came and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. But from that time, even until now, it has been under construction and it is not finished. The Jews informed Tatanai of the original decree King Cyrus made 16 years earlier. Cyrus even gave them the temple articles that Nebuchadnezzar had removed. This was authorization that the Persian governor would understand. They were being wise in how they dealt with outsiders, which is something Christians are encouraged in the scripture to do. The Jews were simply carrying on with the work they had been given to do 16 years earlier. Now, therefore, if it seems good to the king, let a search be made in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon, whether it is so that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to build this house of God at Jerusalem. And let the king send us his pleasure concerning this matter. The Jews knew that the original decree of King Cyrus would be in the kingdom archives, and that would settle the matter. May I say that if you know that you are doing God's will, then you have the power of heaven behind you. If you are standing on God's word, then nothing can stop you and nothing can harm you. Greater decrees have been issued by our God than even the decree of King Cyrus. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What decree from the lips of our Lord are you standing on today? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208-319-4860. That's 208-319-4860. Next time, we'll see where King Cyrus's original decree is discovered in the Persian archives. King Darius orders the Persian governor to help the Jews complete their temple. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezra on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.